right, we are in Psalms chapter 17. I want you to notice the last verse, verse 15. says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And I love that verse right there because that is exactly the attitude that we ought to have. Most of us, we are just satisfied with not being as bad as the world. And we live in a world that is full of just filth and degeneracy. And it's not hard these days to just go out and to you know, look at how bad everybody is and think, I'm not that bad. All you have to do is watch the news. I mean, you know, none of us are as bad as uh, the politicians in Washington, D.C. You know, uh, we've got the tranny movement that's going on out there. I mean, obviously none of us are that bad, right? So it's real easy for us to just feel like, you know what, we're okay. But the psalmist here in verse 15, he, he, this is another thing that he understood. Paul preached about this. Paul preached about how when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with Him in glory. And he talked about how when we see Him, we will be like Him. I believe it was John said we'll be like Him for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself even as He is pure. And people try to tell us that was revealed later in the New Testament. But it seems like here the psalmist understood that one of these days when he beholds Him, when he sees the Lord, that he will be like him and that he would be changed. And this is an amazing verse right here. And he said, I will be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And the truth is, you know when we should be satisfied in our spirituality? When we're like Christ. Until then, we should keep working. Until then, we should continue trying to get better. But let's just be honest. That's not always our attitude. You know, most of us are probably pretty satisfied with our righteousness at this point. Most people today, most Christians, are satisfied just having the imputed righteousness of Christ. You know, and thank God for imputed righteousness. We couldn't get in heaven without it. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't make an attempt to sanctify ourselves and to be righteous and to try to be like Christ on this earth. We should definitely try doing that. But at the end of the day... Most people aren't really thinking about that and there is, there's no desire for it. What I want to preach about today is developing a healthy spiritual appetite. And we all have appetites for things, okay? And let's just use something we can all relate to. How about our physical appetite when it comes to food? Okay? What is it that always gets us in trouble with our weight and with our health? Pizza. Somebody said, you say pizza? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, pizza is automatic extra three pounds for me that day. It, I, don't, I don't know what it is about pizza, but I can count on not seeing good things in the scale the next day if I eat pizza. But, and, 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 we, and we know these things, okay? Listen, nobody needs the you know, church food Nazi to come tell us what we're eating is unhealthy. We know that. But here's the thing. We have a strong appetite for it. It, it tastes so stinking good. We love it. We, I, I think most of us, we have the knowledge. Okay? We can go to McDonald's. It puts the calories right there. Okay? We, know, we know what that does to us. We see the calories right there. So well, then why do you eat it if you want to lose weight? Because we have an appetite for it. And sometimes we desire the junk more than we desire you know, being fit. And the truth is, one of the reasons America, there's such a struggle with this, is because of the fact we have an appetite for junk. It pleases our flesh. Gas stations. Okay, you can't get anything healthy in a gas station, can you? But boy, you can sure get you know, pleased in a gas station. 
There's a lot of wonderful things. I mean, my kids, from the time they were little, their favorite thing in the world was to just go buy stuff in gas stations. And they, they used to get such a thrill out of it. And, you know, and I understand why. There's a lot of good junk in there. You got a lot of good candy in there. No, nothing healthy. And the truth is, because we live in a prosperous country, because we have technology, it enables us to be pretty lazy. You know, we can get around so easy with our transportation. We don't have to walk very far. And as a result of that, you know, we're not real healthy. We don't, we don't exert a lot of energy. We don't burn a lot of calories. We don't sweat as much as we should because we have air conditioning in the summer. We have heat in the winter. And so, you know, there's not a lot of struggle and that's not necessarily wrong. I mean, it's nice, but at the same time, there's spirit there, or there's physical results that can happen as a result of that. And so I want us to focus on the spiritual aspect of this today, because in America, we are surrounded by spiritual junk. You could say, you know, that people pretend is spiritual food, but in reality is carnality. Because at the end of the day, are we sure what we're eating at McDonald's is actual food? I, I, I know it tastes good. I'm well aware of that. But I mean, is are those burgers real meat? You know, are those fries actual real potatoes? They can't taste that good. Uh, maybe it's the cooking oil. Maybe they're putting some kind of drugs on the food that we're addicted to. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I'm not convinced that's real food. But I get why there's the attraction to it. And you know, it's the same thing in a lot of churches today. Are we sure what we're hearing from these pulpits is actually spiritual? Are we sure it's the Word of God? There's a similarity to the Word of God. For sure. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds kind of like our Bible. You know, it's not exactly the same. I mean, the guy that's up there preaching, I'm hearing Jesus come out of his mouth, the name of Jesus come out of his mouth. I'm hearing him say some biblical things about love and mercy and grace. Uh, I'm hearing some good stuff, but I'm also, it seems like there's some, you know, sugar, fake sugar that's put in there. A lot of fake sugar in a lot of these sermons. And it's appealing. It's appealing to our carnal nature that we have. And, and, and people are, so people are going to get spiritually fed in these places called churches and they're just getting loaded up with junk. I mean, it's like getting your meals at a gas station. And I'm telling you, it's having a negative spiritual effect on people. But the thing is, you try to get people out of it. You try to introduce them to real food. I mean, folks, what do, and what do kids want more? Do they want candy? Do they want a bag of sweet tarts? from the gas station or would they rather eat a carrot a raw carrot have you ever you know, those, those health nuts that are all the carrot juice and all that kind of stuff you know and they do it so much their skin turns orange and all that you know don't we all hate those people uh, but you know it is healthier it is better but what what child is going to choose carrots over sweet tarts you know or twizzlers or m&ms you know, all these wonderful in inventions of man concocted in a laboratory somewhere. You know, they're, they're always going to... And you know what? Spiritually, people are the same way. We do. We have healthy places out there that's giving real, good, organic, you know, food with no GMOs, no trans fat, none, you know, none of the stuff that, you know, I guess we all like. But the thing is, we've also got all these other churches out there where they got the sweet tarts. 
They got the M&Ms. They got the Reese's Pieces. They've got all this stuff that's like a substitute for food. It does some of the same stuff that food does. But at the end of the day, it makes you spiritually in really bad shape. It makes you spiritually very unhealthy. And the truth is, in our country today, physically speaking, we don't really have to be that physically fit because of our technology. We don't, you know, not everybody has to work real hard physically because we're very blessed in our country with all the technology and things we have. And in our country, because we have religious freedom, because of many of the things that we have that, you know, I even think are good things in this country, you don't have to be spiritually fit to survive. Because think about this. Think about how, think about what it would be like to be a Christian in a Muslim country. Boy, you better have some faith if you're over there. You better be ready to deal with some persecution. Imagine what it would be like trying to be obedient to the Great Commission, living in some of these countries that are hostile to the gospel. Man, you better be prayed up. You better be, you better be ready spiritually. I mean, you are going to be fighting a battle. And if you aren't putting on that whole armor of God, you're going to be in big trouble. But you know what? In America today, any of us can identify as a Christian. I mean, look at what's being passed off as Christian in America today. And we're all supposed to be tolerant of everyone's religion. So, that, you know, so the truth is, you know, in America, you don't have to be spiritually fit to identify as a Christian necessarily. It's real easy for you to be really out of shape and you're not going to suffer persecution you know, you don't even have to be in that great a shape spiritually to go out and give the gospel in America. I mean, we went into a full-blown Muslim neighborhood, but it's also in America, we're protected. We didn't have any persecution. That wouldn't have happened if we'd have gone to Iraq. That wouldn't have happened if we'd have gone to real Palestine, if we did something like that. So I'm here today to tell you that when it comes to having a healthy spiritual appetite, it's going to take great effort for you to develop that because the junk is everywhere and the junk is appealing to the flesh. And so I do, I think there's a lot of ways we could compare the physical with the spiritual. And so when it comes, it, it, the truth is when it comes to our nation as a whole, there is no priority on spiritual things. And as a result of that, people just aren't interested in righteousness. There's not... We're not seeing people like David who say, I'll be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. We're not seeing people, even Christians today, who have an attitude like Paul who says, I will be sat, or who, who said that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. We don't see that attitude in a lot of people today. And the truth is, we should have that attitude because in, in reality, in a country like ours, it's a, it should be easier to be healthy. I mean, look, look how it is in our country physically. It should be easier to be healthy in our country because while we've got a lot of junk out there, if we would just avoid the junk, we also have healthy options and we could probably afford it too. While we have a lot of technology, you know what? We have the ability to go out and run. We have the ability to go work out. We've got gyms all over the place. We've got all these tools and things that we could buy to help us get in shape. There's no reason... For us to be out of shape, unhealthy in America, except for the fact that we just give our flesh what it wants too much. But in some countries, eating is a luxury. In some countries, there's eating for survival. 
You know, they're, they're not, you know, obesity is not a thing in some countries just because there's just not enough food for that to even be possible. But at, at the end of the day, if we can't make it in places like America, we probably wouldn't make it anywhere. And Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the filling of righteousness, it will fully manifest itself when we're in heaven and when we're changed, when we're like Christ. But did you know we're blessed right now? This is one of the Beatitudes. When the Bible talks about being blessed, it's talking about being happy. And the Bible says, blessed are they or happy are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they should be filled. If you want to be righteous, if you want to be like Christ, you can have it. You have the ability to have it in this country. And you know, hunger and thirst, those are two of the, probably the strongest desires of the human body. I mean, think about it. H- hunger and thirst. Look how we get when we're hungry. And when you're hungry, it's all you can think about is food. Have you ever been on a diet and then you watch a movie and it seems like they're eating through the whole movie? I mean, it's just, you see food everywhere. It's all you can, all, all you can think about. Because you're hungry for it. Well, the truth is, if we would hunger after righteousness, you know what we're going to be thinking about? The problem is, we're not thinking about it. You know why? Because we're not hungry for it. We need to get hungry for righteousness. And if we would, we would be filled. And so here's some questions. I don't want you to answer these out loud, but I want you to think about them in your heart. But, you know, do you desire righteousness? You know, is righteousness a priority in your life? Do you give righteousness a thought? Do we, do we ever even think about it? You know, are you having victory in any area when it comes to righteousness? Because the truth is some people want righteousness to impress others. I want people to think I'm good. I want people to think I'm a good Christian. Some people want righteousness because they think if I'm good enough, then I'll get into heaven. And that's not the right attitude either. But some people want righteousness because they want to have a walk with God. They want to be close to God. They want to be like Christ. You know, Paul, I like what Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. He's like, I want to, I want to be like Christ. I'm, he's like, I'm even willing to experience hard things if it will help me to know him and to be more like him. Some people want it for that reason. And a person who's hungering and thirsting after righteousness is going to think about it often. And right now, if you, let me tell you, if you're not hungering after righteousness, it's because you're filling yourself with something else. You're filling yourself with carnality. The truth is, if we were hungry enough, we would have no problem eating the healthy food. If you were hungry enough, you'd have no problem eating the vegetables. But what is it you always tell your kids when they're wanting the junk food, when they're wanting the dessert? Eat the regular food first. You know why? Because you know if they fill up on all that junk, They're not going to want that regular food. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not hungry for righteousness, if this isn't a thought in your mind, if it's not a desire in your heart, you just need to understand it's because you're loading yourself up with spiritual junk. And that spiritual junk is going to do spiritual damage to you. You are not going to be successful as a Christian. And what you need to do is you need to start purging that stuff from your life. You need to start, you know, you need to do some fasts you know, spiritually speaking. And if you do that, you will get hungry for that which is good. And then you will start to fill yourself with that which is good. 
And, and so a person who is hungering and thirsting after righteousness, they will think about it. And the truth is, that hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's going to do several things to you that I want to cover. One of those things it will do, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, the first thing it should do, it will call you, it cause you <clears throat> to call on the Savior. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What everyone needs, and hopefully everybody in here has already had this, you have been introduced to the fact that you are sinful, you are not worthy of salvation, you are worthy of hell, you understand that the wages of sin is death, but you desire righteousness so you can go to heaven. You desire righteousness so you don't have to pay the penalty of sins. And if you understand the truth about that, what it will cause you to do is it will cause you to go to the only place where you can get true righteousness, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. You'll call on the Lord for salvation. And let me tell you, you get hungry for that, you will get that. You will get that. If, if you call on the Lord for salvation, He will give it to you. He's promised that He will give it to you. Philippians 3.8 says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And being found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And I love what Paul said here because Paul goes on even more, we're not going to take the time to read it, to explain how Paul's like, I want to attain to that resurrection of the dead. I, he wanted to become righteous and like Christ, but Paul understood that the righteousness that brings salvation was not something that came through the works of the law. He understood it was something that came by faith in Jesus Christ. And nobody preached it better than Paul. Nobody preached it more clear than Paul that the way to receive righteousness that will get you into heaven is to 100% put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you do that, you'll be filled. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And anybody that we can get out with it. When we go out sowing, what are we trying to do? You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to make people to want that righteousness that will get them in heaven. And, and if we can get them wanting it, and a lot of people want to go to heaven, then well, all we have to do is show them there's only one way to get it. And you don't get it through any religious exercise. You don't get it through any religious practice. You get it through faith in Jesus Christ. And when you put your faith and trust in Him, He'll save you. He'll cleanse you from all unsin. All those areas where you come short, which is in every area, His blood has atoned for those sins and you receive that imputed righteousness and you will get it every time. God never refuses anyone who comes to Him for salvation. If we come to Him in faith, believing He will give it, fulfilling that promise, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they should be filled. The question is, do you want it? A lot of people don't want it. A lot of people in our country, they see absolutely no need for a Savior. They have no desire for the things of God. They have no appetite for the things of God. And isn't it interesting how it's typically the poorer countries where people are more hungry for those things? 
And why is that? You know why? Because our country, we're able to fill up with so much junk. You can fill up with entertainment. We got people in our country, they are so full of just, you know, they, they, people talk about religion like it's a fantasy, but yet we have a lot of people who go to Comic-Cons, want to argue about Star Trek versus Star Wars, that can speak Klingon, that, I mean, act like this, that just live in these fantasy worlds. They do their live action role playing games and just, they literally live in a fantasy world. And even when they, even though a lot of these people understand it's not real, I mean, their lives are centered around entertainment, TV shows, movies. What, and, 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 you know, what's going on? And I get it. Entertainment is entertaining. But do you understand all of these things? I, I believe people, it's just, it's spiritual junk that unfortunately is distracting people from the things of God. It's giving us something else to think about so we don't get hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And so just like our country today, we've got a health problem because people are filling themselves up with so much junk. We've got a spiritual problem because people are filling themselves up with spiritual junk and they have no hunger for that which is spiritual. And you know, sometimes, and I'm, you know, I'm thankful where our country is blessed, but at the same time, I think what the best thing could happen for this country spiritually is for there to be a physical famine. That would actually help us spiritually. I don't want there to be a famine. I don't want to get hungry. I don't want to have to stand in long lines for groceries. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. I, you know, I'm tired of paying $4 for a gallon of gas. I'm tired of this inflation. I'm tired of all this stuff too. But I'm telling you right now, if, you know, we might be better off spiritually if we had an actual famine. Because uh, then people can't fill themselves with all this junk and then maybe they'll actually get a hunger and a thirst for that which is good. And if they would, you know what? They could be filled. They'll be satisfied. They'll be, they'll be, be, they'll be better off. And I, listen, I promise none of you will probably ever have a bigger craving for carrots than you do Snickers. But at the same time, if you would eat carrots instead of Snickers, did you know you'd be better off physically? Yeah, I hate to say that. YouTube will probably give me a strike for that because, you know, Snickers probably sponsors them or something like that. And I doubt carrots are doing anything for them. But it's true. You know, and, you know, when was the last time you guys saw an advertisement for fruit? When was the last, when, when do we ever see advertisements for stuff we could grow on our own? What do we see? We only see advertisements for stuff that's trademarked. Stuff that they have the exclusive rights to that they can make all the money on. And when you do, when you start figuring out how to do your own stuff, big corporate, man, they come after you for that. And I, I encourage people learn how to, you know, plant your own food, live off the land. You know, I, I'm all for doing that stuff naturally. As long as you don't act like you're more spiritual than the rest of us. You know, I, I'm just, I, I'm for freedom and doing anything like that that just ticks off the big power people and government and corporations and stuff like that. So, you know, if, uh, you know, but at the same time too, while I love it that some people do that and stick it to the corporations, you know what? I do like being able to go to the grocery store and get that prepackaged stuff ready to go. It's a lot easier than catching fish and cleaning yourself and doing all that. But if you want to do that, man, I respect you and I support your effort doing that. But anyway, uh, look what it says in Romans 7. So if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will call on the Lord for salvation, but unfortunately, too many people aren't hungry for it. But another thing it will do, it will cause you to hate your sin condition. 
Look what it says in Romans chapter 7. I need to turn over there. In verse 14, we'll start reading there. Romans 7 and verse 14. It says, For ye know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Why is it that all of us, we have a desire to do good, but then we don't do it all the time. And while we are all determined, I'm not going to do these bad things anymore, but we go do it anyway. What's going on? Here's what's going on. You, even if you're saved, you still have the flesh that you're going to battle. The, our flesh is going to be here until we see Christ and we awake with His likeness. We're going to have that. But, but here's the thing about it. When it comes to this, uh, when it comes to this condition, we have to learn to hate our sin condition. We have to learn to hate it. And unfortunately, most people, they don't care. It, it just, you know what? I'm fine with it. I've just accepted the fact that I'm a terrible Christian. Well, you know, you need to get over that because you could do better. And, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of people that are like that today. They're actually encouraging this today where, you know, when people that are unhealthy and struggling with obesity, you know what? Just accept who you are. It's like, listen, some of these people could do better than that. Some of these people could give up the junk. Some of these people could start exercising and put in an effort. Let's not encourage them to do something that's unhealthy, that's going to shorten their lifespan, but yet that's what's being pushed today. That's what's being promoted. And the truth, and the truth is, a lot of people like that spiritually. And that's what they're hearing in churches. I mean, this passage right here where Paul's speaking... People in these charismatic, in these you know trendy churches, feel good, grace they love this passage. We can all relate with Paul because we all stink. Yeah, but you know what? Paul wasn't happy about it. Why are you so happy about it? And you know what? I think if we all met Paul, I don't think he was as bad as he talked about himself. But the thing is, Paul saw himself as really bad because he was so close to Christ. Anytime you see people who got close to Christ or got a glimpse of the holiness of God in the Bible, they felt terrible about themselves. You had Isaiah, when he got in the presence of God, what did he say? Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. When he got a look at God, he's like, man, I am in a really bad condition. But the truth is, we're never around. We're not in the presence of God. We're not around spiritual people, and so we don't desire these things. And the truth is, when you, when you hang around somebody that's really good at something or that's really interested in something, a lot of times those interests can pass on to us. And like, there, for example, there's things that I enjoy doing that I do very little of, just because you know they're not a priority in my life. But when I get around certain people, I start wanting to do it more. For example, I, I used to hunt. A lot. I, I haven't hunted in years. And, and I would like to hunt, but at the same time, it's just, it's not a priority in my life. I've not done anything with it. And we don't really have a lot of hunters in the church, but I'm telling you, if all of a sudden we started getting hunters in the church and they're all talking about the deer they shot and deer season, I'm probably going to be like, you know what? 
I need to get back out there. You know, I need to go get my hunting license. You know, Brother John, this morning, he was talking about fishing. And, uh, and listen, I like fishing. I didn't go fishing one time last year. And I'm like, and I've determined I'm not going to let that happen again this year. But, you know, it is, I enjoy it, but it's not a priority in my life. But when I get around people and they start talking about fishing, I'm like, man, yeah, I need to get out there. I, I, need, I need to go do some fishing. And the thing is, one of the reasons we are not interested in spiritual things one of the reasons we're not interested in righteousness is because we're not around people who are prioritizing these things. And you know what? We ought to try, we ought to want to be around people that are spiritual, that talk about spiritual things, that motivate you to do spiritual things. And if we would, if we would get around them, if we would talk about them, you know what? It would develop a hunger for it. Just after talking to, after Brother John, I'm like, man, we're getting out early today. Should go fishing, but you know, the weather's not that great today. But it just, it, it got me thinking about it. it. got me got me wanting to do it. It got me hungry for it. And if you're not hungry for spiritual things, it's because you're not hearing about it. And that's one of the reasons we ought to go to church. That's one of the reasons we ought to hang around God's people. That's one of the reasons, you know, anything you can bring in your life that, it, you know, gets your focus on those things, whether it be certain music, whether it be to listening to certain preaching, Anything that motivates you to be a better Christian, to be more spiritual, you ought to get around that kind of thing. You ought to, you ought to immerse yourself in that kind of stuff. You know, one of the things that I've done whenever I've been wanting to like lose weight or eat more healthy or get in better shape, I like to watch a documentary about food and how disgusting everything is. And when I watch that stuff, it's like, man, I'm not eating that stuff anymore. When I saw Supersize Me years ago and I didn't eat at McDonald's like a month after that, I got over it. Because I quit thinking about it. You know, I quit thinking about it. I didn't eat there for a while after that. I remember seeing, seeing something talking about the pink slime they make it. You know, I mean, that stuff, it, it strains me out for a week or two. But I get over it. You know, I, I, I do. And you know what? Spiritually, you know, we're all good at maybe like going to a revival meeting, going to a preaching conference, and it gets you fired up, and that's good. You should do that kind of thing. We need to be renewed in that area. But you know, we need something regular too. You've got to regularly have those things in your life, getting you thinking about it. And, and you, if, if there's people in your life that are good at talking about spiritual things, motivating you to be better, you ought to get around those people. Let them motivate you. Let them encourage you. Let them be like a spiritual trainer, you could say. And Because I'm telling you, if you want to be righteous, if you want to be more like Christ, you can be. And let me tell you, the closer you are to God, the more you're going to hate your sin. Look at Job. I love this passage right here in Job chapter 42. This is after uh, you know, all, all the terrible things have happened, after Job's friends ran his mouth for several, their mouths for several chapters, and then God finally speaks to Job, asks Job a bunch of questions that Job doesn't have an answer to. And listen to what Job said. Then answered the Lord, or Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful me for me, which I knew not. Anybody ever been guilty of that before? You said a whole bunch about a whole lot that you know nothing about. That's kind of what Job did right here. And he said, Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. And, what, cause, and why did he do that too? When he got around somebody who knew a lot more than him, he didn't think he was that smart anymore. The problem is we all want to surround ourselves with people we think we're better than. 
You know, and we need to try to surround ourselves with people that are better than us. We shouldn't be trying to figure out what's wrong with them so we can feel better about ourselves. What we ought to do, we ought to let them shame us. We ought to let them or motivate us, whatever it takes. But notice what he says. He says, I have heard thee of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. And, and, and I understand he's speaking spiritually. He hasn't physically seen God right here. But you know what? All of a sudden, after Job hears what God has to say, now he's seeing God in a clearer light. I have a greater understanding of God now. I, while I was going through all these hard times, I didn't understand where God was. I didn't understand what God was doing. But he says, now I see him. And oh, now that he sees him, he just feels so good about himself. He's having a great moment. He feels good. Oh, if we could just get people to see God, they'd feel so good. Is that, is that biblical? Well, let's look what he says after he sees God. Wherefore, all right, because he's seen God, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. When he got around God, he's like, I stink. He's like, I stink. I, I repent in dust and ashes. I'm in mourning. I'm that sorry. I'm that pathetic. And, and Job, he wasn't like a lot of us where he used that just as an excuse to give up. No, it motivated him to be better. He's like, you know what? I am going to trust you, God. Well, I am going to just, you know, whatever you want to do, that's fine. I, I'll deal with it. I'll trust you. I don't need to understand these things. I don't need to figure these things out. I'm just going to trust you. He let it make him better. And let me tell you, the Lord greatly blessed him. And, but, but he had to go through that time where he abhorred himself. And the problem with us, we feel too good about ourselves. And, what, and because of that, we have no hunger for righteousness. We feel good about ourselves when we should be repenting in dust and ashes. We feel good about ourselves when we should be abhorring ourselves. And we, and we feel that way because we're too busy looking at the world. We're too busy watching the news. We're too busy watching clown world and seeing all the junk that's going on. It makes it easy for us to feel good about ourselves. But if we would get looking at God, boy, you know what? We'd start actually doing things to become better. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to get involved in that sin. You know what? I, I am going, you know, I, let me tell you something about yesterday. When you go soul winning, in a neighborhood like that yesterday. You know, it just, I was just like, you know, I need more power. If I'm going to get people saved like that, there are, there's some people you can get saved real easy, and it's like you don't need a whole lot of power. But, you know, you go to a place like that, you better believe you need the filling of the Holy Spirit, you need the power of the Holy Ghost, you need a special anointing from God. But the truth is, we don't find ourselves in situations where we need that that often so we don't hunger but when i was out you know when i was out there it made me a little more hungry for those things and it's like you know what uh you know i i better brush up on some of the stuff i i want to be able to win muslims i want to be able to win jews i want to be able to win people from from any religion that that's my i, I want to be able to do that people have done it there have been christians you know their apostle paul he is sure to let a lot of jews to christ he led, he led all kinds of people in difficult areas. There's been missionaries throughout history who've gone to very dark places in the world and, and revivals have come as a result of that. But let me tell you, these were guys who had the power of God on their life. And you know what? They didn't get it by accident. They got hungry for it. And if we would get hungry for it, I'm telling you, we would, uh, we, we would be able to be filled. The, thi the, the things are there. So, 
Second uh, Timothy two twenty two. If we would get a hunger and thirst for righteousness, it would cause us to avoid sin. Second Timothy two twenty two says, "Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart." And the truth is, most of us we run towards youthful lusts. When the Bible says we're supposed to run away from those things, and and why why do we run from these things? Because we understand their appeal. We understand that, yes, these things are very desirable, but they are also very devastating to our spiritual well-being. And just like there are people like there are people out there, they are so hardcore about their diet that they I don't know if they mean it or they're just acting like it. I think they're faking, but they act like they hate junk food. They act like they hate sugar. They hate soda. And it's just like, I don't, I don't think you really hate it. I think you're just pretending so you can look like you're you know, Mr. Healthy or whatever. But you know, that's how the world feels about us. Because it's like, what, why don't you people commit these sins? You know, why don't you get involved in all this debauchery? Why don't you try drinking? You know, the, you know, the only reason that you don't want to do this, you just haven't tried it yet. And the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, we do. You know, it's not that we, it's, you know, we understand the appeal. Hey, listen, you health Nazis, don't act like Dr. Pepper doesn't taste wonderful. Don't act like Coca-Cola is not a wonderful invention of a chemist somewhere that just tastes fantastic and gives you a wonderful feeling when you drink it. Don't act like that. Don't act like candy does, you know, and, and, you know, Snickers and Kit Kats and all that kind of stuff does not give you, you know, some kind of, you know, high when you eat it and that carrots never will don't act like that hey just you know it, admit hey i get why y'all love that stuff so much but here's here's the long-term effects of it and and so the thing is some people though they have they they have such a desire to be healthy that they do enjoy the carrots they do enjoy the raw vegetables they do enjoy, you know, they, they literally don't want the junk. If you tried to switch their drinks on them and they drink, so they, they would spit it out. Not because it tastes gross to them, but it's like, no, I don't want that. You know, maybe they've been addicted to caffeine before. Maybe they've been addicted to some of these other things. And so they do, they, they, they reject it. And we've got to be that way about sin. Because, yeah, it is attractive. Okay, let's just admit it. There's obviously something to it. Otherwise, everybody wouldn't be doing it. Okay? But what we, hopefully we have the faith, we believe God enough to understand the results aren't worth it. The results aren't worth it. And we can start saying no. And let me tell you, the lost person, they enjoy sin, not thinking about the consequences of it. The backslidden person, they desire to sin. It's like... Why do I have to be a Baptist? You know, I, I would like to be able to participate in these sins and enjoy it. That, you're backslidden when you're like that. But you know, the person who's close to God, they do hate sin. And that's where we need to get. You know, and, and I think what some people need to just admit is that I don't hate sin, but I want to hate sin. I don't hate Coca-Cola, but I want to hate Coca-Cola. You know, I don't hate junk food, but I want to hate junk food. And what we need to do is start developing a healthier appetite in this area. And the person who's close to God, they're going to hate their sin. We're still going to sin sometime, but we're going to hate it when we do it. You know, they under, you know, they understand, we're going to understand 
that we sinned and we might do it again, but we're going to do everything we can to to avoid it. And so the last thing that having a hunger and thirst for righteousness, it will cause you to do good. Those who desire to be like Christ, we can do works of righteousness. You know, and, and, uh, we, and I'm not going to go to the passages. We all know it, but we all understand. Righteousness does not save you. We get that. But understand, the Bible tells us in Titus two, uh, 3, verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. But we also understand that God saved us unto good works. God wants us doing good works. It's God's will for us to do good works. God's pleased when we do good works. And when we, when we have that desire, when we have that hunger, we're like, you know what? I can do good. You know what? I can go give the gospel to somebody. You know what? I can be obedient. There are, there are things that I can do. I can get baptized. I can go to church. I can love my neighbor. There's all kinds of things. It, it'll, it'll never make me good enough to go to heaven, but it will be something I can do out of love for God that will please God. I don't think, you know, you're not going to think you're righteousness because of those works, but you will just be thrilled that Christ is doing works through you. And that's where we need to get. And so a person doing the work of God, they're not going to draw attention to themselves, but they're going to draw attention to God. That, that, and that needs to be our goal. And, um, you know, we are, we have a righteous standing before God. But you know what we do? We give Him all the credit. An illustration I like to use. Years ago, uh, I've used this illustration before, but years ago, I was in a best ball tournament in golf. And I went golfing with three guys that were really good. And if, I'm not going to explain how best ball works. But because I golfed with three guys that were really good, we got first place. And I stink at golf. But because I was teamed up with these really good guys, uh, we won. And I remember when it came time to get the trophy, I remember other people from our group, we had found out we won. We knew we won before we got the trophy. And I'm like telling these other guys from the church, I'm just like bragging about it. And they're just like, it, what, they, they, they golfed with me before. They knew it wasn't because of me. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? The rest of the people here, they don't know that. And I, to, and I told them, I said, when they announced the awards, I was like, I'm just going to go up there and act like I've gotten millions of these trophies. I've still got that trophy in my office. And, and I, did, I did. I remember they announced the winners. They, they set off all the names. You know, and I just got up and just walked up there, you know, just all, yeah, like I've done this before. Took the trophy, got my picture with it and everything. And they're all just laughing. You know, they're, they're all just laughing because they, they knew why I got that. And let me tell you, what I was doing, while well, I was doing it for fun and for something very carnal, it would be really bad for us to go strutting around like, yeah, look at me, I'm going to go to heaven. Like, like we did something to deserve it. Did you know they didn't use one of my shots in that tournament? They did, in some best ball tournaments, they have a rule you got to use a certain amount of everyone's shots. They didn't use one of my shots. And I didn't, I didn't have one good drive the whole outing. And th- that's how it is. We are righteous today because of Jesus Christ. And we can't brag, we can't brag about it. But here's the thing. I've never really cared about the fact that I stink at golf. But that day when I was playing with them, I was like, man, I wish I was better. I wish I could get one good drive. I wish I could get one good shot. Golfing with those guys made me want to be a better golfer. But because I haven't golfed with them since, I really don't care anymore. And if, if, we, would, if we would get close to God, we would want to be more like Him. 
We would, we would, it, it would give us that desire. And if we did, if we had that desire, He would help us. He, he, would, he would help us succeed in this area. And I'm telling you, if, if you watch any sport or a particular athlete for long enough, you'll have a desire to be good at that sport and be like that athlete. You know what you'll do? You'll look at the type of shoes he's wearing and you'll want to get their shoes. You'll want to wear the clothes that they wear. When I was growing up, guys would run down the court dribbling a basketball with their tongue hanging out of their mouth. How does that do anything? How does that help? But Michael Jordan, used, Michael Jordan did that. And what are they? They're trying to be like Mike. Wasn't that the motto back then? And Because everybody was watching him. And I'm telling you, if we would watch God, it, we, it would change us. It would make us more like Him. But you've got to have an appetite for it. And so what we've got to do, we've got to start eliminating a lot of this junk that's in our life and taking in the good stuff. And it will, it will, change, it will change your desires at that point. Just like it, wor- it works that way with food, it works that way with spiritual things too. So with that, let's pray to the Lord. I pray that this message will be a, a help and a motivation to everyone, Lord. I pray that uh, maybe some of my words uh, motivated them to be more like you. But Lord, more importantly, I pray that they'll uh, get a look at you and the words and the scriptures that we talked about so they will uh, truly desire to be like you. And Lord, we know it's possible. You've given us the Holy Spirit. You've atoned for all our sins. You've made up for all our shortcomings. And, and you've given us the ability to be successful in these areas. And so I pray, Lord, that uh, we will get hungry for these things, uh, knowing that that will uh, change us where we need to be changed. In your name we pray. Amen.